Welcome to AB3 Speaks with Monica Antakia, the podcast on academic business and branding, where we talk about planning, building, running, and growing a business as Black academic women who want to share their knowledge with the world. I'm Takia Nur Amin, academic success strategist, dance scholar, and lover of all things luxury. I'm Monica A. Coleman, professor, religious leader, and mom to an active growing kid. We have over 25 years combined experience of sharing our academic knowledge beyond the classroom, and we're telling you all the things we wish someone had told us. We will share our values-led ways of monetizing your advanced education in today's global marketplace and highlight Black academic women who are doing this with excellence and flair. So stay hydrated, make sure you have something to write on and write with, because class is in session. On the syllabus today is social media. Do Black academic women entrepreneurs need social media or not so much? As with anything, there's a lot of advice out in the online business world about this. But here at AB3, we have a very simple answer to do you need social media? The answer is no. 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 (laughs) Social media is not what makes an online business. You might be running a very successful enterprise without having a social media presence that spans multiple platforms and has you posting multiple times a day. I know that might not be conventional wisdom, but hear us out. A lot of coaches right now, people who are supporting online entrepreneurs, will encourage you to cultivate a social media presence for your business. Um, it's it's the conventional wisdom. People suggest you need to be on at least two or three different platforms. They might even list platforms that they think are most appropriate for you. The general consensus is that you have to have a social media presence. We say not necessarily. There's some nuance there, particularly if you're just getting started with your business and it is service-based, like many of us who are doing consulting or strategy or speaking engagements or work of that kind. Um, Social media might not necessarily be one of your top five priorities for your business. I have known people who have um, emphasized their social media presence over and above the kind of substance or nuts and bolts of their business. And we certainly wouldn't encourage you to do that here at AB3. Not only do we want you to build a business that's in alignment, deep alignment with your values, we also want you to cultivate a business where the the inside parts of that business are cohesive and running well before you're concerned about kind of showing up in a sparkly, glittery way across social media. So even though you might see that coming from a lot of coaches, um, social media presence doesn't have to be a primary priority right away. The other thing to do is to push back on conventional wisdom that might suggest that you have to hire a social media manager. If your cash flow in your business is not consistent, if you're not hitting whatever financial goals you've already set out for your business, hiring someone to outsource a task that isn't a necessity is also not a business expense that you want to pour resources into right now. Now, if you've grown your business to the point where you are trying to cultivate a presence across 
seven different platforms and you're posting several times a day and there's audio clips and images and video, then that is when you begin to bring in a social media manager or someone who can focus on that realm of the work for your business. But particularly if you're just starting out, you're still piloting and trying new things. Um, showing up consistently across social media is a skill. That's why there are social media managers who know the best times to post, um, the best resources to use to help you post across multiple platforms and set that up ahead of time. I mean, it's a real skill set that comes with that. You know, so it's not to downplay people who have know-how in that space. But unless your business is at the point where that's critical to the work that you do, um, investing in a social media manager might be uh, an expense that, frankly, your business can't afford right now. And that's okay. You know, as you were saying that, it reminded me that I do know a couple people who hire the teenagers in their lives to be social media people, right? Um, Like it's your summer internship and you pay them. And there is some value to doing that. I just want to remind us that whenever you hire someone, you have to supervise them, which isn't bad. It's just another thing to do. So whether you hire an official social media manager who has, you know, skill sets in this area, or you hire your teen, your your niece, your godchild, your kid, uh, and there's some real tax benefits doing this and experience for the kids. So it's not like there's no reason to do it. But that also means you have to supervise whoever it is and be very clear about what they're doing. And it's sometimes harder uh, to let a relative or loved one know when you're unhappy about the work that they're doing than it is someone you've hired who you don't know that well. You're like, no, that's not how I want it done. No, do it more like this. It might be more challenging to do that. So just in the realm of social media managers that did come to mind. So when we say you don't have to have social media, we don't mean you don't have to market because you do have to market. And social media is one way of marketing, but it's not the only way of marketing. And unless you're an influencer where being famous is what you do, and I'm assuming that because we're Black academic entrepreneurs who want to share our knowledge with the world, that the fame is not the business. So short of those people who do need social media, we don't need social media to market, but we do have to do some marketing. Now, one thing is that for academics, what we do in some way is our marketing. Articles and books are marketing. Because one, we know we're not making that much money off of them, if any at all. It does, of course, build toward if you're in the academy, if you're working in higher ed, it does give you levels of job security or it builds out your reputation and your CV. But it's also marketing. People will know you because they've read your work or they've taught your work or they're interested in your work. And not only is that marketing, but it's actually also credibility and reputation. So the things that you have written are your calling card. So if you've done articles, if you've done chapters, if you've done books, in many ways, that's one of your first pieces of marketing. And so often we don't think of it that way because we're thinking of the publications in the ways that academics are traditionally taught to think about our, our publications. But it really is also marketing for your business if your business is connected to your knowledge base and what you're writing about. What is important is that you have that kind of recognition, that there's some name recognition with the work that you're doing now. Or it could be 
that there's work you know you want to move into. And what you want to do is then build that name recognition to be associated with the work that you want to move into. And there are all types of ways to do that. Sure, social media is one, but a lot of people do that through op-eds, through writing for other magazines and journals, uh, through being on other podcasts, by being on media and news outlets, like being cited by journalists who are writing articles about what you know about. There are all types of ways to get name recognition and to have that linked to the work you're doing. And you might already have it just because of what you do and you're good at what you do and you're known to be good at what you do. But that's not always the case. I know I was in a situation where I was, I knew I wanted to write a book on a certain topic and I wanted to be associated with that topic. And so years ahead of time, I was like, how do I build up a reputation where if you think of this topic, you think of me? And I set about intentionally and systematically to doing that. And it didn't involve social media, actually, now that I think about it. So it can be done. The other thing that's important is to cultivate a list to have an email list. You'll hear people talk about this a lot. We actually talk about this extensively in the Brain Trust, but it's good to have a list of people that you're going to email at some point. And if not regularly, you know, at some point. And part of that is because social media can crash. It does crash and you don't you don't own it. It's not your platform. It's you know, somebody else's platform. It's Elon Musk's platform. It's, right, it's um, Mark Zuckerberg's platform. It's, right, we don't own these platforms, but you do own your list, right? You pay for it, you download it, it's, it's your list. And it goes right to people's emails because when you're on social media, you are subject to the algorithm. And just like, you know, you have a whole bunch of friends or links on whatever social media platform you may be on and you don't see all of them in your feed, The algorithm does what the algorithm does. Now, the algorithm is great at selling you stuff. It's really good at knowing what it is you like and trying to get you to see more of that and buy it. People say TikTok has one of the best algorithms out there in terms of really giving you more and more of what you like and not showing you what you're not looking at. But you're subject to the algorithm. So you might not even see someone else's post. People aren't might not see your post based on a whole number of factors. And so it is one way to market but it's not as uh, you might say assured way to mark as if you know you have an email going out to somebody's email list, right? Someone's it's going into somebody's inbox, right? Um, now, people may read their emails not on time, maybe later, but it is in the inbox, right? It is there. So when they get to it, when they see it, or if they're expecting it, like, ooh, I'm look, I know if I get another email from so-and-so, it's going to be great. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be whatever, right? Then you kind of cultivate that. And that's a way of also working with people who you know are interested in hearing from you for whatever reason. So it's like you build your own kind of very clear marketing niche because they're already interested in you and they got interested in you in one way or another. You know, the other thing that was occurring to me as you were talking about the value of having an email list is, um, you know, unless you have a faulty address that, or you receive some sort of bounce back in your um, list or email scheduler handler service, you know, when you send that message out that it's gotten to who exactly you want to get it to, right? I'm sure that there are people who see whatever I post on social media who are not the least bit interested 
You know, I can't control the audience who's looking. I can't control or dictate what the algorithm does. If you cultivate a list, whether it has 25 people or 2,500 people on it, those are your people. Those are your contacts who you can also ask to do certain things. Take this survey, click here to learn more. Do you know someone in your network who would benefit from this message? Feel free to forward. And you can build out context and build your list that way. So I know it's easy to get caught up in the kind of bells and whistles and shiny parts of social media and the things that you see people doing and believing that it's a it's a must do for your business. But remember to compare brings despair. Okay, so you don't have to hold yourself up to necessarily the standard of what other people are doing. And you don't have to necessarily position yourself in such a way where what you're doing looks just like what the next person is doing. Um, If you are going to uh, cultivate your business and market your business um, without a heavy reliance on social media, or even without the heavy reliance on an email list, depending on the services you provide, your marketing might primarily be by referral. I mean, my business has been very successful in the last few years, whereby if I was marketing services right now, I wouldn't have room for those clients until maybe a year out because so much of the clients who come to me are on referral from other individuals or institutions that I've worked with, or I'm pitching my services via some kind of open proposal process that I've seen to a company or organization for work that they need that's in alignment with the services that I know how to provide. So in that case, you know, it doesn't necessarily make sense for me to be posting seven, eight times a day on social media if my budget is leaner and my efforts are better focused elsewhere in my business or better focused elsewhere in terms of where I want to focus the limited resources that I have at this time. And by limited resources, I, I you know, that might mean time or money or both. Remember that many of us Black academic women entrepreneurs are also still working day jobs. Some of us have nine-month appointments. Some of us have 12-month appointments or some version in between. Many of us are caregiving, whether that's a parent, our own children, or both. Um, many of us are trying to manage the other tasks of just everyday life. Food has to be taken care of and clothes need to be washed and the place where you live has to be cleaned. And I mean, there are a million different things that might be taking um, your attention or need your attention and focus at any given time. And so as you're cultivating your business and you're thinking about when you might incorporate these things, it doesn't have to be immediate. You know, allow social media perhaps to be something that you grow into, that you grow into strategically, and think about making your services so strong that you do a a speaking engagement, that organization is going to refer you to three other organizations. Or you do a workshop and you know that that institution that you did the workshop for is going to invite you back the following year to do the same thing, but this time quarterly, right? So you're cultivating relationships and building our opportunities in a, another way that doesn't necessarily require the social media piece. But if you are going to use social media, it's helpful to distinguish your professional use of social media from your personal use of social media. 
Now, that doesn't mean that you don't post on your personal account, because if that's where your people are, that's where they are. But most of us use social media recreationally. That's how we've come to it, particularly if you're my generation, right? If you're probably a millennial or Gen X, uh, maybe even older, right? We didn't grow up on social media and it really is a way to connect with people or maybe a way to get your news or a number of different things, but you kind of used it personally, not thinking this is a way I'm going to market my business, right? We have kind of a personal use of social media. And when you're thinking about how you're going to use social media in your business, you do want to use it strategically. We said it here, we say it a lot of times in the brain trust. It, it Without a social media manager, it's not really humanly possible to just be really active on all the different platforms. There's lots of platforms and they all work a little bit differently. And so if you have other things in the world to do, you can't do all, you can't do that. And so you want to make sure that you're strategically using social media professionally, by which we mean go where your audience is. So you think about who's your audience, where are they? Right. What's the age of your audience, the demographic of your audience? Where do they hang out? Where are they hanging out for personal, right? For personal use? Where are they hanging out professionally? If you are you're marketing to like larger companies, right? They don't hang out, but they do use social media. And where are they on social media? Where are their people? Um, the people who would hire you, where are they going to be? on social media. So if you think about social media, you can't think of it in the way in which this is what I like. This is where I'm hanging out. You have to think about it is where where are my clients hanging out? Where's my audience? The people who are interested in what, what I do, where are they? So you also, you want to keep that in mind that again, it's like any other kind of marketing, right? If you are marketing retirement plans, and that's what you're selling, you're not going to be in Seventeen Magazine, right? Like that's not really where you're going to market. It's the same kind of thing in an online world, right? If your audience isn't teenage girls who like clothing and makeup, then you shouldn't be advertising in Seventeen Magazine, right? As an example, I don't even know if that exists, but that did when I was a teenager, right? (laughs) You know, so... You want to make sure you're going where your people are. And of course, you can market in print ways. I have air quotes if you can see my fingers, right? Because even now, a lot of print magazines are online, but there are all types of ways you might advertise and get to your audience. But social media should be where your people are. And there are, of course, ways to do that with paid ads. And there is ways, there are ways to do that with organic traffic. Either way, We want you to know that social media can be your friend. It can be a helpful marketing tool, but you don't need it. And if you're starting out, if you're pivoting in your business, if you are doing your business in addition to 50, 11 other things you're doing, if there's something you're going to drop, if there's something you're not going to do immediately, this might be the thing because there are other priorities that you would want to have as you're hanging that shingle out. Well, this was a good one. I hope that you heard some things that brought you some clarity and relief. If you were feeling pressured around jumping on every social media platform tomorrow, I hope you can take a deep breath and step back and approach social media more strategically or think a little differently about when and how to scale that resource into your business. You know, when we come on the podcast and talk about these topics, we really try to frame them in a way that makes them approachable and clear 
and fun because we want you to win and we want you to build a business that's sustainable and reflective of what you want it to be in the world. It is perfectly fine to look at others and be inspired and be encouraged by what they're doing in their business. But remember, your business is yours. It belongs to you. It should move at the pace that's comfortable for you and your life and lifestyle at this point. And it shouldn't create an additional set of burdens for you, right? We want this to be organically something that grows out of your values and interests. And let it be something that you can also enjoy leaning into and sharing your talents and gifts as you monetize your knowledge with the world. So, you know, social media, is it the be all to end all? Absolutely not. Is it something that you can decide to scale and build into your business at a later date? Absolutely. And we can't wait to see you on those digital media streets, but it'll be when you want to get there. Man, can I share a funny story? Because, you know, we have a good colleague who has a great social media presence. Like I am looking forward to her social media every morning because I know when she's going to be up. I know when she's going to post. I want to see what's happening in her day. I know she's going to post a mix of personal things which are deeply connected to her business. She's going to post great wisdom. Like I am here for it. And I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. I can't do that. Like, I don't have it in me. <laughs> I don't know that maybe I don't have as much personality. Maybe I just don't like being on camera like that because I really don't like being on camera like that. Um, I don't know what it is. There is nothing in me that could kind of get me to do that. Um, and I think my business runs effectively the way I would like it to be. But I do have a little social media envy, like, ooh, check that person out. So I just want you to know that if you are comparing yourself, if you do have some social media envy, if you see other people out there who are doing fantastic, amazing things, be like, you better go. Knock it out. Handle it, girl. You know, applaud it. Follow it. Check it out. But don't feel like that has to be you if that's not who you are. And so I just want to reiterate what Takia was saying in really more eloquent terms, right? That you want your business to reflect who you are and where you are at any given time. And it might not be social. It might not be a social media presence that looks like somebody else's social media presence. But, you know, we believe that you can do it. And whether you're using social media or not, that you're going to have a successful business. Thank you for joining us for this episode of AB3 Speaks with Monica and Takia. We do this podcast because we want to serve and support Black academic women's entrepreneurial dreams. So subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. We read every one and this will help others to find the show. If you're looking to take the next step in your career, go to blackademicbraintrust.com where you can join our amazing community and get our free resource on the 12 questions you should ask yourself before becoming a Blackademic entrepreneur. Our mission is to nurture your entrepreneurial dreams within and beyond the academy and build a business that both sustains and offers you freedom. We look forward to you finding and joining us at blackademicbraintrust.com. Because we want you to win. <laughs>